Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. On Saturday, quick recap of that broadcast, still available at LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundTable.com. Spread the word. We had our guest on, Mr. Richard Mack, with me for two hours. And we talked about vote challenges, fizzle in court. President Trump had multiple legal setbacks on Friday. I guess um, in quick succession, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan all claim no vote fraud. An agency in the, own, in the president's own DHS, that's the Department of Homeland Security, contradicted the president and said there's no vote fraud here. In fact, 16, uh, what do they call these guys? Um, let's see, what they call these guys is 16 federal prosecutors who had been assigned to monitor the election also directly, quote, debunked claims by the president of widespread fraud. See, I'm convinced they're all up in the night and there's absolutely, without a doubt, White, widespread fraud. There's no doubt about it. But when you have people in your own administration undermining every move you make, it's very tough. Justice Samuel Alito warned of dangers to free speech, religious liberties in a federal society address. Religious liberty and free speech are among Americans' personal freedoms, potentially in peril. Tolerance for opposing views is in short supply, he added. There's no doubt about that. Even conservatives can't get along anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It's at a feverish pitch and getting worse by the second. Sad, but true. When immunity means shut the heck up, says Ben Shapiro. That's an article he wrote. That's when unity means, hey, you got to shut up. I don't want to hear from your side. Then we have unity, right? Wow. Dr. Fauci. America has an independent spirit, but now is the time to do what you're told. Wow. Elon Musk was tested for the coronavirus four times in one day. Two positive, two negative tests. He can't decide if he's infectious or not. (laughs) Norway criminalizes private criticism of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender folks. What do you get? Jail time? Yeah, even in private situations. Coming to a country near you. The vaccine should be tested on politicians first. If they survive, the vaccine's safe. If they don't, the people are safe. Amen to that. CNN's Don Lemon brags about abandoning his friends who disagree with him. Yeah, that ought to fix it, Don Lemon. Just abandon all the friends who disagree with you on anything. Wow, what a shame. What a sad state of affairs America is spiraling so quickly into. The emperor has no clothes, and there is no virus. David Icke, 
Is he allowed to say that if he thinks that? Who's responsible for preserving the American way of life? Last time I checked, folks, it was us, not government. Not looking to a single president. Not it, It's us, folks. Facebook bans pro-Trump, quote, stop the steel group. Yeah. They say the group's ran by figures close to Trump, so Facebook's got to shut it down. Again, more tyranny, less freedom. Can Lincoln's genius help heal America, asks Chuck Norris. Desperate times require desperate measures and clever strategies. We talked about that in detail, too. But, of course, the South will go berserk if we refer to Lincoln for any solutions, right? Sources claim Donald Trump will start his own media company. Think he will? What's next for the president? Time will tell. In two short years, ladies and gentlemen, I asked the question, can we replace the complete House and one-third of the Senate? The answer is if we really had the guts to, we could. That's a recap of Saturday's show with a good share of Richard Mack, LovingLiberty.net, LibertyRoundtable.com. Without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, my friend. Thank you for having me back, gentlemen. It's good to be with you. There's so much to talk about, so little time. Let's kick it off. Powerful presidents are incompatible with liberty, writes Ron Paul. Um, at his column posted at campaignforliberty.org, he posted this column to explain that the framers did not envision a strong president. He says they would be appalled to see the emotional uh, the emotional drain that the, this particular election has had on the American people. We put billions and billions of dollars into these elections, and um, the president wasn't designed to be powerful like that. Um, he says the, the Constitution's authors intended the presidency to be an office of strictly limited powers that would not impact most Americans. The Constitution authorizes the president to administer laws passed by Congress, not create laws via executive orders. The president serves as commander-in-chief of the military after a congressional declaration of war with no authority to unilaterally send troops into foreign conflict. The founders did not intend for the president to set the national agenda, and they would be horrified to see modern presidents assume the authority to order American citizens indefinitely detained and even killed without due process. And that's his opening salvo to his column. You know, it reminds me, Sam, of, of Ron Paul's presidential campaigns where he would say that we need a really strong president, strong enough to resist the temptation to wield power he did not rightfully possess. You remember those comments? <laughs> yes, and I think it's true. And believe it or not, this is where I give President Trump some credit. Now, I know he's done some executive orders to try to protect the people uh, from, mm -hmm. for example, Obamacare and a few things. So uh, not that I'm for executive orders, but I think he used them to roll back government in many ways, which I commend. He got rid of more uh, legislative um, laws and things like that as he uh, backed some. He got rid of more, which is good. He also restrained himself quite a bit. He never created a mask mandate. He never forced states to do anything. He restrained himself in many ways uh, quite well. Now, I agree that the real president of, you know, yesteryear, uh, if it was modern day, would be a whole lot more hands off than even Trump was. But I think Trump moved the needle in the right direction without a doubt. 
Yeah, that was very encouraging. No, no question about that. And, and Ron Paul, you know, we're not reading the whole column, but uh, midway through, he says the deep state has derailed President Trump's modest efforts to fulfill his campaign promise to pursue a less interventionist foreign policy and the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, you know, I think that's true. I think his, his gut instincts were to, to get out of Afghanistan and get out of Iraq. But he had people around him who then contradicted those orders. And, and they would come out to the media and say, what President Trump really meant was that we're going to be staying indefinitely in Afghanistan. You know, yeah, they would undermine him at every turn. There's no doubt about it. And I don't know how much, when the swamp is that hostile, how much you can get done as a president. It's easy for us to armchair quarterback that thing. I will say uh-huh. that I think he tried harder than we might realize as well. But again, when uh-huh. you're surrounded by and when you surround yourself by swamp monsters, it's about curtains. The other question is, how much could he really do to move the needle towards the sacred cause of liberty without winding up dead? And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's a reality you got to face, too. Yeah. Yeah. Ron says, President Trump is not the first president to be undermined by the deep state, and he will certainly not be the last. Now, this last paragraph of Ron's column is what I call the buoyancy of hope. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, after reviewing all of the bad news over the weekend. And then I read, uh, I read the last paragraph of Ron's column. It's just astounding. Just, just listen to this, how, how much hope he has, how buoyant Ron Paul is about this. He says this, The 2020 election has awakened many Americans to the corruption of the modern welfare warfare state. These Americans are ripe for the message of liberty. They can help with a vital task of demystifying the U.S. presidency, destroying the deep state, restoring our constitutional republic, and regaining our lost liberty. End of quote. Holy cow. And I couldn't agree more, sir. (laughs) Talk about the buoyancy of hope. I mean, he makes it sound so easy. And yet, you know, Sam, it really is that easy. All we need is for everybody to think along that same line, and, uh, and, and it would be would be possible. You know, he, he believes that they has awakened thousands of people to the fact that our electoral system has been corrupted. I, I hear people on social media clamoring for a return to paper ballots that are cast on the day of election so that they can be counted in a distributed fashion by election judges in each precinct and, uh, and watched by poll watchers on site. Wow. I mean, if, if people actually will follow through on that, we could actually restore the electoral system to our own precinct, which is really what has to happen. Not a federal issue, not necessarily a state issue, but we need to retake, it's a local issue, and we need to retake that turf, restore the integrity of our electoral system right to our own precincts and neighborhoods, and then we would have confidence in the outcome of the election, Sam. But there is hope as more Americans wake up to the awful situation that we face. There is hope. In the Savior Jesus Christ, there's no doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, when we come back, Andrea Widberg has a column that's going to knock your socks off. When computers cheat, they inevitably leave evidence behind, folks. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, why if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, when computers cheat, they inevitably leave evidence behind. Andrea Widberg with the piece, Lowell. This column is uh, a brief analysis of Dr. Shiva's computer analysis of the election fraud that occurred in three of the counties in Michigan. Um, now, Dr. Shiva's analysis takes about an hour. It's a great video, and I hope our listeners have seen the whole thing. I really do. I think it's worth watching the whole thing. I watched the whole thing from start to finish, and I agree with Dr. Shiva's assessment. He and a, and a fellow uh, a computer uh, in software engineer named Benny Smith, Dr. Shiva and Benny Smith, they show that the votes were taken away from Trump and given to Biden in three of the four counties there in Michigan that they studied. And they, they did a, they conducted this study in a, in, a, in a way that proved that the more Republican the county was or is, then the more votes were taken from Trump and given to Biden. So, so let's be really clear about something here. Voter fraud is where someone claims to be casting a legal vote, but which is illegal, right? Because the, the voter is dead, for example, or because he no longer lives in that county, um, or, or whatever. That's what you call voter fraud. Election fraud is when the counting of votes is not done accurately. Now, you can have both in elections. You can have both voter fraud and election fraud. And, of course, in this uh, immediately past the election, we've had both. We've had both. We have dead people casting ballots. That's, the, that's voter fraud. And we've had election fraud where the numbers don't add up. And In other words, the... The, you know, Trump votes get switched to Biden votes, or a number of votes just simply get dumped because 
because Trump is getting too many. Well, they just dump, you know, tens of thousands of those those off so they don't really get counted. I mean, that's election fraud. Now, Dr. Shiva, his analysis proves election fraud. He was not detailing all of the voter fraud, but he was, he was discussing the election fraud in Michigan in these three counties in Michigan. And it turns out the three counties are Oakland County, Macomb County, and Kent County. And his conclusion is at least 138,000 votes were stolen from Trump and given to Joe Biden. Now, there are 80 other counties in Michigan. What happened there? Well, the more Republican they were, if they did this analysis, they, then they would probably find that the more votes were actually stolen from Trump and given to Biden. Now, he, he proved this using um, the data provided by the, elect, uh, the election system, the, elect, uh, the election uh, data. Okay, so the data that he used to prove this is the very election data showing that Joe Biden won the election in Michigan. And so simply by using the data that the, the computer used to aggregate the totals in that election, Dr. Shiva was able to demonstrate this election fraud. And so anyway, very interesting analysis by Dr. Shiva. And then here comes Andrea Widberg, who uh, comments about this, this, uh, this hour-long video of Dr. of Dr. Shiva, and she points out a couple of important things. Number one, she cites a judicial decision from 1976 entitled Donahue versus the Board of Elections of the State of New York, where the court said that if a plaintiff could prove specific acts of misconduct that involved willful, willful or knowing ballot fraud by state officials, that changed the outcome of the election, then the court would take action. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a judge, but, but just looking at Dr. Shiva's presentation, I would say there's definitely proof of misconduct that involves a willful or knowing uh, ballot fraud by state officials that changed the outcome of the election, because at some point, the state official in Michigan is going to have to certify the outcome of the election. And he's going to be in possession of Dr. Shiva's evidence. And he's either just going to have to flat out lie and say that, uh, you know, this is, the, uh, this is the proper outcome. Or he's going to have to accept the fact that Michigan uh, vote totals in a number of counties were tainted and uh, investigate to get to, down to the real issue. So that's the first contribution Andrea makes is that there is legal precedent. Such that the court could take action. Uh, okay, and then now in this case, in 1976, the court held the plaintiffs could introduce expert opinions, statistical analyses showing that voting patterns markedly deviated from the predicted uniformity to be found in random samples from election counts that were honest. Well, the plaintiffs in 1976 were not able to meet the legal test, so a new election was not ordered in that case. However, this year, there is substantial evidence of election fraud. And so it is my opinion that if this evidence gets to Michigan, and, and hopefully it, it is there by now, and the state officials seriously consider what Dr. Shiva put together, they would be um, willfully negligent 
not to order a manual recount of the vote in in all of the counties in Michigan. And so that's really what I think, Sam. You know, I, I, I look at all of these um, news pieces on, you know, like Sidney Powell talking about the election fraud and and uh, and, and Tom Fitton doing the same. And, and it looks like most of the pundits are saying, well, we have to have the, the, the computers do a recount. What? I mean, that's, that's lunacy to have the computers do a recount. We need... Well, we the computer's a doing a recount. recount. All that'll mean is they'll come back with the same lies. Exactly. Okay. We need a manual recount. So yeah, but, the but they'll never do a manual recount. And let me explain why. Because it'll vote email uh, fraud. Or, I'm sorry, not email. Mail-in ballot fraud. The second you try a recount, since you've already thrown away all the envelopes, or envelopes, whatever word you want to use, you don't have any ability now to know whose votes who. You can't count those votes at all. And if you can't count all those, you're going to have to get rid of all the mail-in ballots. If that happens, the whole country will riot. So what I mean is you created an unsolvable problem here, and the only way the courts can really rule uh, is, I mean, they might in a few cases say, oh, you can't do this, or you you exercise too much authority of that, but otherwise they're going to have to unwind the whole election, say the whole thing's a shamble. I don't know that it'll ever get done. I wish it would, but I personally Mm -hmm. don't see it. When computers cheat, there's no great remedy, ladies and gentlemen. The only answer is not to rely on the computers in the first place. Well, I totally agree with that assessment, with one exception, and that is that the computers base their numbers on images, scanned images of the ballot. But then they they have this weighted function that allows the programmer to count one candidate's votes more heavily than another candidate's votes. So if you were to go back and actually look at the the ballot that the, the ballot images that were captured by the computers, you would find a much different outcome than that being reported. Yeah, in other words, you would find election fraud because you could prove the computers. Computers inevitably leave a paper trail, and you could prove that. Right. And you could change that for election fraud. But then you got to come back and say, but I can't prove the vote fraud piece because I can't really get the truth. I can't tie the ballot to the name, to the address, to the legitimate certification that was done supposedly the first time before we discarded the evidence. What I mean is you are going to uncover so big of a scandal, you'll never, ever get to the bottom of it in terms of the truth. The only thing you could really come back and say if you really were is the whole election turned out to be a fiasco and a fraud. Trump was right on the mail-in ballots. It's so bad we have to do another election. It's the only way that you could really get to the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, there, There's no other way. <laughs> yeah, you may be and right. If I know you, when you if, talk... If you overturn it and prove uh, election fraud and prove computer fraud or prove intent, then what you got to do is start throwing people all across the country in jail. And then if you said the president won and you start to throw all the the, uh, Democrats and people, the perpetrators in jail, you'd have nothing but rioting in the streets to the point where the whole country would absolutely turn into a civil war law. Like 1861, when Lincoln threw 10,000 people in jail. Roger that. Very Dan- similar. Daniel McAdams chimes in, too, on a, a slightly different topic, but a very similar topic. Hmm. He writes about this oh, uh, oh, Colonel I, I, Douglas McGregor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm Trump sorry, I said- finally hires a neocon slayer. <laughs> he should have done this years, four years ago. If he had done this through his complete administration... We actually would have drained the swamp enough to win the election, but we didn't drain the swamp, and therefore now it's coming back and the gators are so thick, buddy, you can't see straight. 
<laughs> That's right. I, I I misunderstood you. I thought you said Ben McAdams <laughs> has something to say about this too. Oh, you know um, what? Did I say Ben? I think it's Daniel McAdams. Yeah, Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute. He's the one that wrote this this brief column. Column. Uh, but but before I get to, to to Daniel's column here, Sam, I just wanted to point out that in Utah County, where I volunteer three hours on election day to watch their process, they save all the ballots. They save all the envelopes. So you can actually go down there. And, you can and that's great. That's envelope. a rarity, though, in reality. Hang tight. Apparently. Lowell Nelson in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. With the news that a COVID vaccine is just on the horizon, a program must be undertaken to reverse the attitude of some Americans that are overly skeptical of the vaccine. Former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy believes that may be just as important as the logistics behind distributing it. He tells Fox News that the government will have to make data readily available for review to build people's confidence in the vaccine. Now the onus is on us to be as transparent as possible in helping them understand what the science does say, having experts review the data, making that data readily available so that even people outside the government can review it. That's what we're going to have to do. And ultimately, the way we allocate this vaccine has to be determined uh, based on need, uh, and that and that alone. A recent Stat Murphy poll found that only 6 in 10 Americans said they would take a COVID-19 vaccine if it would lower their risk of getting infected by half. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on Balance of Nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50, and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Over the weekend, President Trump tweeted his support for a new coronavirus aid package, something that's been debated in Congress for several months. And as cases rise in the U.S., the need for one is becoming larger. Senator Chuck Schumer says the reason there hasn't been a package passed is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The New York Democrat says McConnell has turned down every bill that's been brought up. The bottom line is very simple. We need a large, strong COVID bill to deal with our problems. We have heard for months... Every time we get close to a deal, Senator McConnell says no. He has become the doctor no of COVID. McConnell did bring a $500 billion targeted bill to the Senate floor before the election, but the passage was blocked by Senate Democrats. Syracuse's basketball team has suspended operations after their head coach tested positive for coronavirus. Jim Beheim announced on Twitter Sunday that he tested positive for the virus and is isolating at home. The school's athletic director says the team will be tested multiple times over the next week. This is USA Radio News.
There's fraud everywhere in our nation, ladies and gentlemen. It's been going on for well over 100 years. Dishonest money started it all off well over 100 years ago. The Federal Reserve System, bogus is all get out, private banking cartel. And we've been suffering from dishonesty ever since. And now it's starting to reach critical mass and destroy the society big time. But there is good news. Donald Trump hired a neocon slayer. And Daniel McAdams writes about it. Lowell? Right on. Uh, Trump's recently Better late than never, huh, sir? <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what we're thinking here. Defense Secretary Mark Esper was recently fired and uh, was another in a nearly four years long line of terrible personnel choices that, uh, together with the ongoing Democratic Party-led slow-motion coup, has crippled the Trump administration in its most important mission, which is putting America first when it comes to foreign policy. Uh, Colonel McGregor is one of the most highly decorated U.S. combat veterans who, unlike those officers with high political ambitions, has actually smelled the stench of war. After blazing through Iraq in a tank in the first Gulf War, Colonel McGregor began to question the wisdom of a U.S. global military empire that was emerging to take the place of the massive anti-Soviet machine that had sustained the metastatic growth of the very military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower warned of in his farewell address. That, that, that was, that's all Daniel McAdams. That's what he said about Colonel McGregor. And then he makes a very excellent point, I think. He says this, There is a good argument that men of war are among the best allies in the fight against war, and McGregor is no exception. Now, let me be is very it? clear, Lowell. Yeah. Not men of yeah. armchair quarterback war. Not no. bureaucrats that sit in buildings. From on high. <laughs> We're talking about people that are really out in the field and see war up front and personal. You know, let's I'd like my uh, brother-in-law who served in Vietnam. He came back from there, and he 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 hated it. I mean, he hated war. He, you know, he wished he hadn't had to go. He had he, he if, he, if he were in McGregor's position, he would advise against war. He doesn't want you know to put young men and women's lives in harm's way, and that's exactly what we do whenever we go to war. And we're also not only our own young men and women, but the lives of innocence in the countries that we fight. You know, the collateral damage, so to speak, runs in, in, in tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters in those foreign lands. We put them in, them in jeopardy, too. So I'm, I'm delighted with, the, with Trump's choice in, of McGregor. His experience in the unwise application of massive U.S. military force has shielded him against those who would unleash those dogs too readily and with little consideration given to the actual interests of the United States. Of course, Colonel McGregor doesn't have very many friends inside the Beltway, Sam. People who have, people inside the Beltway, they've never seen a war they don't like. It's like McCain all over again, right? And, 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 uh, and people who like, like you say, have never seen a day in military uniform. One can only sit back and ponder what might have been as we witnessed the culmination of nearly four years of a slow-motion coup against the President of the United States. Well, what could he do in two months or less? Well, he could bring the troops home from Afghanistan. He could bring them home now. Esper reportedly quit over that issue. Maybe, maybe McGregor can advise the current Secretary of Defense to actually make it happen, bring troops home from Syria. Defund NATO. Declassify all Russiagate documents. Declassify everything that exposes the deep state coup against Trump. 
that would be pretty awesome if that's what happened. Now, finally. Our Daniel prayers, Academy. ladies and gentlemen, are with McGregor, by the way. And McGregor's a good, honest person. In fact, he has more friends in the liberty movement than he has in Washington District of Criminals. Lol. Uh, he spoke at Dr. Paul's Congressional Liberty Lunches there in Washington, D.C. No doubt had great influence on Republican members who were skeptical of endless war, but also cautious over sounding too much like peacenik. McGregor embodies the idea of a muscular defense of the United States that rejects the siren song of the neocons and the globalists. So in other words, mirrors Ron Paul's um, position that we have a strong defense, we have a, a strong defensive military, but we don't go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. Sam? Let's just be clear. That view of McGregor and Ron Paul are modern-day views of George Washington's, the greatest general ever known, in my opinion, on Earth, one of them at least. Uh, it's his understanding of a humble foreign policy as well. Let's take care of business. Let's defend the country. For example, when they talked about a space program, Ron Paul was the guy that said, we don't really need a space program for the most part, except for when it comes to space defense. We do need to defend mm-hmm. the greatest nation on Earth. And Ron was right about that. So was McGregor, and so was George Washington back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right, Absolutely. Jeffrey A. Tucker in the news as well with an incredible column. Uh, this relates to the bottom of the hour where they were saying in the news, we got to have a bill, got to have a bill, got to have a bill. And um, this guy got corona, and he's at home isolating, and this and that and the other. And they just continue to pound that narrative home. But the truth on this issue still set us free, Lowell. It will, Sam. Uh, which, by the way, they've never, no one has ever created a vaccine for a coronavirus. This is the first time in our history that, that, that they're attempting to do so. And by the way, like we mentioned last week, Sam, it takes 20 years on average to develop an effective and a safe vaccine. Uh, the quickest one was done in If you believe years. they're effective and safe even after that, sir. <laughs> exactly. And so it's really quite comical to see them talking about their, their, their vaccine so quick. Well, anyway, Jeffrey Tucker posted this call on RonPaulInstitute.org yesterday. It deserves a mention because you're not going to hear this anywhere in the corporate press. But the New England Journal of Medicine published a study that goes to the heart of the issue of lockdown. The question has always been whether and to what extent a lockdown, however extreme, is capable of suppressing the virus. If so, you can make an argument that at least lockdowns, despite their astronomical social and economic costs, achieve something. But if not, nations of the world have embarked on a catastrophic experiment that has destroyed billions of lives and all expectation of human rights and liberties with no payoff at all. For whatever reason, governments all over the world, including the U.S., still are under the impression that they can affect viral transmissions through a range of non-pharmaceutical interventions, known as NPIs, non-pharmaceutical interventions, such as mandatory masks, forced human separation, stay-at-home orders, bans of gatherings, business and school closures, and extreme travel restrictions. Well, so what happened? The, the, uh, the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai In cooperation with the Naval Medical Research Center, they did a study to test this whole idea of lockdown. So in May of this year, right, about six, seven months ago, there was a bunch of new Marine recruits, 3,100 new Marine recruits. They were given an option to participate in this study. Uh, And of that number, of over 3,100 Marine recruits, uh, 18 
148 of them agreed to be guinea pigs in this experiment. Now, the guinea pigs, they faced an even more strict regime that than exists in civilian life in most places. By the way, let's be so clear, far more. Completely yeah, controlled more. environment, okay? You don't get more control than the Marines. I mean, talk about absolute con- control. Um, all recruits were double war, double-layered cloth masks at all times, indoors and outdoors, except when sleeping or eating. They practiced social distancing of at least six feet. They were not allowed to leave campus. They did not have access to personal electronics and other items that might contribute to surface transmission, and they routinely washed their hands. They slept in double occupancy rooms with sinks. They ate in shared dining facilities and used shared bathrooms. All recruits cleaned their rooms daily, sanitized the bathrooms after each use with bleach wipes, and they ate pre-plated meals in a dining hall that was cleaned with bleach after each platoon had eaten. Most instruction and exercises were conducted outdoors. All movement of recruits was supervised, and unidirectional flow was implemented with designated building entry and exit points to minimize contact among persons. And this goes on and on, uh, Sam. It talks about the, the um, uh, you know, what the instructors had to do and, and so forth. It's very In other words, every thing. single thing they're telling us to do and more was done to the umpth degree of accuracy. And what was the result of this study? Well, we have nearly 100% confidence that the quarantine was strict because it was done among Marines by Marines as strict as you can possibly imagine, far stricter than is done in a civilian state. Well, what are the results? 51 of the 1848 recruits that were in this study, or 2.8%, tested positive for COVID-19, compared with 26 of 1554, or 1.7%, which tested positive for COVID-19 among non-quarantined Marines. Let me just read that again. 2.8% of the quarantine batch tested positive. 1.7% of the non-quarantine In other words, you follow all the guidelines and you get double the outbreak. (laughs) Crazy, Sam. And then you put it in normal society and it gets even worse because they're less conscientious and less capable of following the directions as well. And that was done in May. They've known for months this reality check. But bureaucrats in power... Don't care. Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. It's a little shocking they've had this reality test for, what, seven months? We don't even uh, know about it there, Lowell? Yeah, that's pretty surprising, Sam. I wish uh, the corporate press would make a bigger deal of it, but they're not about to do that. that they would... probably don't even know about it, sir. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, I suppose. Crazy, Sam. But one, 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 one thing about that test, it was only 14 days long, which I wish they would have conducted it for a full uh, four weeks because supposedly oh, just all, Hold on, hold on. Period. All you would have had was it just would have been worse. Yeah, I probably so. <laughs> Who knows? And people but, could say, know, well, we don't know, but here's my response. We also don't know it's the other way, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way he ends his article. Tucker says, uh, you see confirmed here in this study what so many other studies have shown that lockdowns are pointlessly destructive. They do not manage the disease. They crush human liberty and pr- produce astonishing costs, such as 5.53 million years of lost life from the closing of schools alone. So the lockdowners keep telling us to pay attention to the science of what we're doing. When the results contradict their pro-compulsion narrative, they pretend that the studies do not exist. For example, in Utah, Utah, the numbers they say of of coronavirus infection are going down, but it's not true, they claim. And then they go and tell you why the computers are all jacked down and it's not accurate. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, That's literally in KSL News over the weekend. Really? Oh, man. Hmm. Well, lockdowns are not science. They never have been. They're simply an experiment in social, political, top-down management. And um, they, they cost us in terms of our lives, the value, the quality of our lives. They cost us in terms of our liberty. And uh, we just need to reject them. Lockdowns are not the answer. And they're not science. Sam? Well, <laughs> they don't even have the virus, sir. So if you want to talk about not science, they don't even have the virus. They don't have any isolated copy of the virus anywhere, sir. Yeah, that's what I understand. Um, although they claim to have sequenced the virus completely in January of this year. So I'm not quite sure what that means. They've been able to sequence the virus, the complete thing, which is about 10,000 pairs, or 30,000 pairs, I'm sorry, 30,000 pairs of, of genomes. They've com- they, 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 they say that they've completely sequenced the virus, but um, I, I just don't. I just don't think they have. I, but the CDC says they don't have a copy of it. I know. That's what's... Uh, so how do you sequence it when you don't have a copy? Yeah, I don't know. In fact, I've been doing a lot more study up at the end of these PCR tests and trying to figure out, you know, what, what they really do 
And uh, they use partial sequences. They don't use the full sequence. They look for partials, three different, uh, three different parcels of the uh, virus, the viral genome. And then, then if two of the three, if they find two of the three, then they declare you to be positive for that virus. So I, I, I don't know. I, I still don't That's have a lot of confidence in that. That's circumspect at best, test. but I also got a question. How many strains are there that we know of versus how many possibly might there be? It continues to mutate. How does that all work? Uh, and when then when you figure all that out and ask all those questions, then you come back and say, well, wait a minute, if we don't have a copy of it, and if it mutates, how do we know what it really is? Different from the cold, different from this, different from that. How do we get a match? And, and what you discover is it's only guesswork. Just ask Elon Musk. He took four tests in a single day. Two were negative, two were positive. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> but what next, ladies and gentlemen, asks Mike Meharry. It's a good question, Sam. Uh, whether the battleground states do a, a recount and uh, you know send their Republican Party electors to Electoral College, or whether the Dems successfully steal this election, we must answer the question at some point, what is next? Well, to answer that question, Michael Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Center first reflects. He says, just take a look at this. He says, with Bush, we had rampant spending. Oh, by the way, he wrote this 10 years ago. So... Trump had not yet served as president, and we had Bush, we had Obama. And so he's just reflecting about those, those two um, administrations. He says, with Bush, we had rampant spending, increasing debt, and a rapidly growing federal government. President Obama kept right on spending, increased the debt even faster, and expanded the scope and power of the federal government. Under Bush, we had war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Under Obama, we had war in Iraq and Afghanistan with Libya, Syria, and Yemen thrown in for good measure. Bush signed the Patriot Act into law, including many provisions violating basic due process rights protected by the Constitution. Obama reauthorized it and signed the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act with indefinite detention provisions included. Under Bush, we got the TSA running its gloved hands over our bodies and through our stuff. Under Obama, the TSA got scanners and started groping our stuff. Obama gave us Obamacare. Bush gave us prescription drug benefits. Both presidents oversaw a growing, bloated federal government engaging in unconstitutional acts. Republican or Democrat, it doesn't seem to matter. A Republican administration brought you the Patriot Act, undeclared, yeah, undeclared war, the expansion of entitlements, the Real ID Act, TARP, and a continuation of the federal war on drugs. And thanks to the Democrats, Americans enjoy overreaching EPA mandates, expanding entitlements, automaker bailouts, undeclared war, government-run health care, a continuation of the federal war on drugs, and the FDA raids on Amish farmers. End of quote. So those two paragraphs, I just had to read those. Just yeah, guess who gave us DHS? <laughs> The DHS came from Bush. That's correct. And now the DHS is the one actively, the one department actively going against President Trump saying there's zero vote fraud. Yeah, incredible. Okay, guess who gave us Roe versus Wade? Wow, that would have been... A Republican-controlled court. Eisenhower's court, right? A Republican-completely-controlled court back in 73. Yeah, yep, yep. Oh, 73. I was thinking 63. Yeah, 73. Yep, yep. Well, it looks bleak, to say the least. It seems to me that the uh, two parties vying for supremacy in Washington, D.C., really represent the two sides of the very same coin. 
They may differ in degree, but not in substance. This is Meharry writing. Uh, he says they may... And he's really, he's really highlighting a Pat Buchanan point of the uh, left and right wings of the same mm-hmm. bird of prey, pretty much, point, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so we agree on that. So then he asks, what is the solution? And, you know, you and I have a solution, Sam. We, we believe that we, we need to repent. We need to uh, worship Jesus Christ, the God of this land. We need to quit stealing from our neighbors, taking what doesn't belong to us, taking stuff that doesn't belong to us, quit going into debt, be more honest as a people, honest with ourselves and honest with others. That's, what, that's the real solution. Now, what's the solution Michael Meharry proposes? He says, folks, we need to stop thinking that Washington, D.C. is here to solve our problems. He underscores this point that Ronald Reagan made, that D.C. is the problem. Big government is the problem. Washington, D.C. is not going to solve our problems. It is the problem. So we've got to stop thinking that Trump is going to save us or that Biden was going to ruin us. Both thoughts um, are along the very same line, and, and that's not the answer. The answer lies in us, ladies and gentlemen, you and I. What are you and I going to do to save America? That's the real answer. And so Meharry said we must do now what he recommended in 2012, and that's to nullify any legislation or any executive order or any judicialist opinion that lies outside the constitutional warrant uh, you know, the, of the, the blueprint of liberty, right? The Constitution of the United States. If, if it lies outside that, that document, then it should be nullified by local and state authority. There's no doubt about nope. it, and I believe in nullification and believe that's part of the answer, but I don't believe an immoral people uh, will do very well at nullifying, and I don't believe the state government necessarily not getting super, super, super powerful in place of the federal government is the answer either. So I understand mm-hmm. his point, and I agree with it to a degree, but again, you got to have morality in the people, and you got to have self-governed individuals that follow Jesus Christ. And if they do, then honesty is the issue. People are honest, and you don't have a problem. Without it, people are dishonest, and you do have a problem. So, right at the uh, on Saturday's program, I brought up this point: Trump derangement syndrome goes both ways in election corruption. Lowell, there's those who are never Trumpers, and they're rabid. But there's also the always Trumpers, and they're just as rabid that Trump's going to solve uh-huh. all of our problems. And then I asked this question, and this is an open, honest, fair question to ask. When should President Trump back away from vote fraud reality and capitulate? It's a fair question. No, it's a great question, sure. And I answered it myself, and my answer was we should fight vote fraud claims and vote fraud reality as far as we can, as long as we can, until a few things happen. One. Every state certifies their votes, which means they will have committed vote fraud by certification. And until the Electoral College makes their final decision. Until Uh then, we should do everything we can to reach a redress of grievance that would be honest and honorable and fair. We should never quit until those things happen. Once that happens, though, we need to capitulate and move on and just realize that there are secret combinations above us. And then what the answer would be to do is say we're going to replace one-third of the Senate in two years and the complete House in two years. And if Americans are really angry and frustrated and disappointed and concerned enough, that's exactly what they can do. But we need to fight these vote fraud claims 
And I say they're more than claims. We need to fight these vote fraud scenarios or realities or assertions or allegations as far as we can until we are out of remedy. In other words, once the states have certified, let them certify fraud uh, if that's what they're going to do. And then once the Electoral College makes the decision, um, until then, it's uh, we have every right. The president has every right to sue and to do everything he can to have honesty uh, in our elections. Well, that's my thought. Well, and that brings me to the point that um, I think is, is important to make, and that is that states, uh, you know, the, the people in the, in the states, the embattled, the battleground states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Arizona, Nevada, and so forth, Georgia, those people are the ones that need to make it happen. You know, I've never agreed with, the, the, you know, with, with going to the federal courts on this. It's a state issue. It's the state that certifies the election. It's the state that counts the ballots. It's the counties, you know, clerks. They're the ones that if, if, we, if we want to re, do, a re, you know, do a recount, then the county has to decide to do that. It really is up to the county officials and, and the people in those counties. And so I've never thought that going to the Supreme Court of the United States to solve this problem is, is, is the right approach. I don't know how you feel about that. but I completely I think, agree and made that point last week that, hey, the oh. Supreme is the one that gave us uh, murdering of babies to the tune of 60 million babies. They're not the ones uh-huh. to go to for a remedy here. Uh, there are no. state and county jurisdictions, and each state has to certify their voter tabulations. Let them uh-huh. do so in fraud and sue their socks off for doing it. I yeah, agree with absolutely. the remedy. I agree President Trump has every right to go to the courts for remedies. I'm not suggesting for one second that he doesn't have the right to uh, try to have honesty in our elections. He certainly does. And any allegations to the contrary are just wrong and dishonest. However, at some point, though, you're going to have to say, at some point, you're going to have to ask this question. When should President Trump back away from the vote fraud reality and capitulate? In other words, when ought we pursue other remedies what and by the, the way comments, the, Sam? and by the way the just constitution gives us several of them yeah yeah just one one other comment real quickly sam politics is downstream from culture my wife and i were talking about this last night if we see corruption in politics that's an indication that's evidence that the people are corrupt sam we need to clean up our own acts the people need to clean up we need to be more honest we need to worship our god and obey his commandments if we ever expect the government to clean up its act. Couldn't agree more, sir. Godspeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Campaignforliberty.org for Lowell Nelson, Kirk Cosby, and Sam Bushman. God save the republic. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being alongside with us here on the uh, second hour of the program for the 16th of November here on Liberty News well, excuse me, Loving Liberty Radio Network and the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Um, Our special guest this hour is Dr. Scott Bradley. He's a longtime advocate for the uh, return of uh, constitutional government. Uh, And, um, well, one of our 
you know, weekly guests. We have some guests that are monthly, and uh, we uh, we are grateful to have them here as a weekly guest. Uh, uh, I wonder if it's a little cool up in his neighborhood this uh, frosty uh, November morning. Well, it is. Uh, we would expect freshness in the middle of November, and uh, certainly we have that. Uh, the cloud covers down a little bit on the mountains. The snow line's down probably around 5,000 feet, but it's not at my house right now. It's just above my house level. So, anyway, we're uh, we're in what we would expect to be in in the middle of November and with the upcoming Thanksgiving. And by the way, think about the frosty weather we have right now. And 400 years ago, last week, the Pilgrims debarked the Mayflower at. Uh, Plymouth Rock, and uh, if you think it was, uh, you know, checking into the nearest motel until their house was ready, that's not the case. They had to root hog or die. So if you think it would be nice to step outside right now and decide to put down your roots, it's it would be, a, you know, a challenging time. They had pretty, they're made out of a different metal than us. It's a great point, and uh, we're... Uh... We're glad to be uh, with you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one thing I need to do, a little piece of house cleaning. If you heard the uh, Friday um, um, program uh, where I was, uh, well, uh, you would say uh, criticizing Sam for his uh, um, way of going out at this thing, uh, I want to say this about it uh, just so that you know I forget the fact that each of us uh, come at this thing in a different way. Sam is a blind person. He's been blind since he was born. He's, uh, you know, basically given uh, more than mm, almost anybody I know in the uh, cause of liberty. Uh, sold his house, bought a radio station, moved his family, has built a radio network, uh, and uh, continues to contribute financially, time-wise, etc., uh, in a massive way uh, for the movement of freedom, has invited people over the years, uh, many times uh, close friends, um, to participate with him. And and uh, many of them have, uh, well, if if you will, uh, I think they've gone the opposite direction. And, and uh, so he has felt uh, strongly that... Um, if people were involved and would uh, make a real uh, effort, that things could change. Uh, but he's seen uh, many of them, uh, you know, spend too much time, um, in his and my opinion, in other uh, areas, either uh, just, you know, hunting the filthy lucre, if you will, and uh, re forgetting the cause of freedom. And so I know um, I need to, you know, apologize for my... Uh, you know, rashness in criticizing his efforts there and uh, basically say uh, that we hope for the uh, improvement um, here in America in many ways. We're grateful for the good people that are trying to uh, make a difference. We know the onslaught is massive when it comes to the uh, uh, drain or uh, the swamp creatures are out. Uh, big time, but the uh, draining in the swamp is uh, what we hope for, and we hope for patriots, um, both nation and worldwide, to uh, move the cause of freedom forward. Uh, anyway, I just needed to mention that. Uh, anything uh, special on your uh, docket, Dr. Scott Bradley? Well, you 
no, I I did not hear whatever happened on Friday. Um, I and so I'm I'm kind of having to guess a little bit. But here's my perspective: is um, very often I have found, and I've been involved in this effort for many decades. And uh, uh, sadly, I I felt that many that that uh, felt you know, similarly as I do, that we need to restore the original foundation, the original intent of the American Founding Fathers. There have been many that have uh, sought a seat at the table, if you will, of the establishment. And uh, and uh, consequently, and, and I've, I, I can't say I was tempted by some of the offers, but I have been approached by individuals that have offered extreme incentive, let's put it that way, to come over to what I perceive as the dark side. And uh, and so there are there are those out there that say for a price I can be bought or there's those offering a price to buy people if you will, and I I think uh, the concern is that you know this this cause of liberty is a priceless cause and uh, some have uh, formerly pledged their lives their fortunes and their sacred honor and uh, what my experience has been what little fortune I had is gone. <laughs> I'm still alive, and I hope I have honor, but uh, the fact of the matter is it's besmirched oftentimes in, in the uh, world that's out there. Uh, there are those that, that, you know, ad hominem attacks and everything else like that, and uh, it, it's, a, it's hurtful uh, when it happens, but uh, to be fully resolved to abide in the principles and seek their restoration is something that some of us have done. I mean, people say, well, have you ever lost any friends? I say, well, no, no, I haven't. I found out they weren't friends to begin with. <laughs> and so so I don't have to lose them if they ever were. But the fact of the matter is, I think that this thing of liberty is so critically important. The principles are sound. They are well-defined. Our back trail to them is, is clearly marked. And I think that if we have enough courage and faith, and it will take God's intervention, I think we can make it back to them. And so that's what my devoted uh, effort is, and and that's one of the reasons I appreciate being able to be on the radio with you folks every Monday morning, because I perceive that you guys are similarly focused. So it's important to me that we do that kind of thing. So I don't know. Maybe there's some other things I don't know, but I don't at this point, so I'll just leave it at that. Very good, uh, Dr. Bradley. Uh, the uh um, I guess if you want to uh, sum up our, um, I guess you could say disagreement. Sam feels like the, uh, or you know, expressed his feelings that there, there is not enough Americans um, and basically uh, people that would uh, uh, prove uh, push for the cause of freedom. Uh, and there's so much power in the uh, mainstream or lamestream media and or the uh, big tech etc everything all combined with the swamp monsters etc to overturn uh, and uh, push forward this um, um, change of, in the vote uh, where in other words uh, even though he feels like even with all these things uh, coming out about the truths of the uh, election and things like that that there wouldn't be enough to overturn it and he's expressed that a little bit in the last hour saying that uh, when is the time for the president to uh, you know 
say to his troops, if you will, like the big a bunch of people that rallied in Washington, D.C., and many of them uh, over the weekend, and even though uh, the president drove through, etc., there were many, uh, I guess, instances where the Antifa guys and others, uh, you know, inflicted bodily harm on those uh, people and that kind of thing. And so when when is the president right to just go ahead and say, Hey, uh, this this thing is too powerful for me to uh, leave it. And he said uh, that would be, uh, you know, he'd try to work on it, clear up until the time of the certification of the states. If they went ahead and uh, went with uh, uh, fraud, etc. cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, I simply feel like, um, you know, that that it's a uh, good move to continue to uh, move forward and um to uh, not uh, allow them even, um, you know, that chance. But um, so that was our kind of disagreement there. Um, there's a lot of more, a lot more going on. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like uh, Sydney Powell, who we've had on the program uh, before, uh, she's uh, doing a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, I, I mean, we do have a little bit of audio that's available maybe after this pause we can uh, l let you hear some of that i don't know if, how much you're familiar with have you been exposed to any of that from sydney powell over the weekend well actually sydney powell is uh, i think a former federal prosecutor she was uh, general flynn's attorney she she's a bulldog when it comes to uh trying to get to the bottom of this kind of stuff and she has made some very Definitive statements in regards to you know the Dominion voting machines and and some of the algorithms that are used and could have possibly um, altered voting and everything else like that. And, and, and by the way, I believe she's, she's completely correct. She's been on the program before. And we have an invitation out to her now to have her come back on the program. Well, and the thing is that the only people that have called the election literally and honestly are the media. Yeah, but and, they make the rules, uh, Scott. No, yeah, well, just a minute, Sam. Now, I know you're, I know you're poking a <laughs> stick at me for fun, but the fact of the matter is the, the real call is not made until there is a real call, and it is, it, there's this process that goes through. And, uh, and, 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 and that's why, by the way, I say fight this until all the states have certified their election results and until the Electoral College has made their decision. Well, and it's interesting, though, that there have well, it sounds like we've got to take a break, but from 1876, 1881, normally 1887, um, and then the, we've had more recent stuff that's happened. That, Amen that to there that. There are codes out there. One last quick point, though. To Kurt, it's a disagreement. To me, we just have different viewpoints. That's all. This is America. That's not only allowed, it should be encouraged. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. 
Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we thank you for being with us. And uh, we have that uh, piece of audio for you, at least some of it uh, here. Uh, Dr. Bradley, this is uh, the, um, is this the five-minute piece, Sam, or the eight-minute, the Lou Dobbs? It's Lou Dobbs, sir. It's eight minutes. The best. Lou Dobbs one that's about eight minutes long. Um, and uh, this is where uh, Sidney Powell appeared with him, uh, I think it was on Friday. Um, and... Um, if you haven't heard it, hopefully this will uh, give you some uh, catching up there. And uh, as you said about her, uh, I, I believe she's a great example of the moder- of a modern-day, uh, well, I was almost going to say founding father, but she'd be a founding mother. But anyway, uh, go ahead, Sam. Thank you. Breaking news now, Dominion voting systems say they categorically deny any and all of President Trump's claims that their voting machines caused any voter fraud in key swing states or electoral fraud. But reports contradict that claim. In 2016, a senior executive at Dominion told the Illinois State Board of Elections that it is possible to bypass their election system software. Here's what the vice president of engineering at Dominion at that time, Eric Coomer, told the board during a meeting in good old Cook County. No, we are not allowed to do routine updates without having to go through a recertification effort, um, but we do uh, routinely give guidance on how to best secure systems. And also going back again to the, the, the final um, Mitigation against all of this is a robust auditing canvassing process, um, which all of our jurisdictions have implemented. Coomer said no updates can be done without recertification, as you heard. Mr. Coomer's assurances of a secure system, however, are contradicted by the fact that various vendors, election officials, and others reportedly can access the voting machine code without an update being required. And we know that there were updates on those machines a day before the election. 
Well, joining us tonight is Sidney Powell, a member of President Trump's legal team, General Flynn's uh, defense attorney, a great American and prominent uh, appellate lawyer. Great to have you with us, Sidney. Uh, let's start with Thank Dominion. You, uh, a, a, a straight out disavowal of uh, any uh, claim uh, of fraud against the company, its uh, software or machines. Your reaction? Well, I can hardly wait to put forth all the evidence we have collected on Dominion, starting with the fact it was created to produce altered voting results in Venezuela for Hugo Chavez, and then shipped internationally to manipulate votes for purchase in other countries, including this one. It was funded by money from Venezuela and Cuba, and, and China has a role in it also. So if you want to talk about foreign election interference, we certainly have it now. We have staggering statistical evidence. We have staggering testimony from witnesses, including one who was personally in briefings when all of this was discussed and planned, beginning with Hugo Chavez and how it was designed there, and then saw it happening in this country. As soon as the state shut down on election night and stopped counting, those are the states where the most egregious problems occurred. We also need to look at, and we're beginning to collect evidence on the financial interests of some of the governors and secretaries of state who actually bought into the Dominion systems, surprisingly enough. Hunter Biden-type graft to line their own pockets by getting a voting machine in that would either make sure their election was successful or they got money for their family from it. Well, that's straightforward. It may take, uh, you're going to have to be quick to, to go through and to produce that investigation and the results of it. Uh, the December uh, the December deadlines are approaching uh, for electors, and uh, just as we saw in uh, 2000 with Bush v. Gore, uh, how critical are those deadlines, and how urgent does that make your investigation and discovery? Well, for fraud this serious, I think even if the states are stupid enough to go ahead and certify the votes where we know the machines were operating and producing altered election results, if they're stupid enough to do that, then they will be set aside by the fraud also. I mean, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of votes. President Trump won this election in a landslide. It's going to be irrefutable, and we are patriots are coming forward all every day all day faster than we can collect their information with the testimony they're willing to give under oath about how their votes were stolen and how the machines operated they were updated the night of the election sometimes after the election we've got statistical evidence that shows hundreds of thousands of votes being just put in and replicated it it's going to be there needs to be a massive criminal investigation and it's going to affect millions of voters and elections. With these allegations, these charges, is the FBI already carrying out uh, an investigation of these voting companies uh, where their servers are domiciled and in at least two instances, three instances, uh, we know they're in foreign countries. Uh, tell us where the Justice Department is in all of this. Uh, I wish I knew. I'm not on the inside, so I'm not privy to that information. 
I know that even Democratic senators and Congress people for years have reported problems with this system to the FBI and to the government, and nobody's done a blooming thing about it. The people in the election security part of Department of Homeland Security need to be fired yesterday. They're absolutely ridiculous. Of course, Chris Ray needs to be fired, too, because the only FBI interview of any witness was to intimidate him and try to get him to change his truthful testimony for hours by an anti-Trump FBI agent. They still have politics infecting the FBI instead of just following the law. We are on the precipice of this is essentially a new American revolution. And anybody who wants this country to remain free needs to step up right now. These are federal felonies. Altering a vote or uh, changing a ballot is a federal felony. People need to come forward now and get on the right side of this issue and report the fraud they know existed in Dominion voting systems because that's what it was created to do. It was its sole original purpose. It has been used all over the world to defy the will of people who wanted freedom. Sydney, at the outset of this broadcast, I said that this is the culmination of what has been a, over a four-year effort to overthrow this president, to first deny his candidacy uh, uh, the uh, election, but then uh, to overthrow his presidency. This looks like the effort to, uh, to carry out an end game in the, in the effort against him. Uh, do you concur? Oh, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's been uh, organized and, and conducted with the help of Silicon Valley people, the, the big tech companies, the social media companies, and even the media companies. And I'm going to release the Kraken. Well, good, because this is, uh, this is, this is an extraordinary and, uh, and such a dangerous moment in our history. Um, I really am very concerned uh, for the country. Uh, I am very concerned for all Americans. I, and I have a feeling that most Democrats are first Americans and not Democrats. They have to be as alarmed as any one of us. Sydney, uh, we're glad that you are on the, uh, on the, on the charge. Uh, to straighten out all of this. It is a, a foul mess, uh, and it is uh, far more sinister than any of us could have imagined, uh, even uh, over the course of the past four years. You get the last word, Sydney. It is indeed a very foul mess. It is farther and wider and deeper than we ever thought, but we are going to go after it, and I am going to expose every one of them. Sydney Powell. Thanks for being with us and thanks for all that you're doing. Your uh, reaction, Dr. Scott Bradley. Well, you know, if the allegations are correct, there, there is much at stake. And over the decades that I've been involved in this, I can't tell you how many people have wanted a revolution. I said there's two reasons we should not have a revolution. One is because we have the vote and the other is we have the Constitution. If the vote is totally subverted and lost, uh, my my argument becomes much weaker. And if we apply the Constitution only peripherally and is a skeletal remains, that even further weakens my argument. And so this is a this is a critical crossing point. But you're listening. I wish there were time to review. And it looks like based on time, we're going to have to have a break here. But perhaps when we come back, we can talk about. The constitutional locations where this is discussed, and then there's a U.S. code in existence. Contrary to what many have told us, the code exists, and it does not say what they're saying it says. 
So we probably ought to talk about that. Very good. Thank you. Uh, We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, on your favorite listening device. Thank you for being with us here on Liberty Roundtable. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. With the news that a COVID vaccine is just on the horizon, a program must be undertaken to reverse the attitude of some Americans that are overly skeptical of the vaccine. Former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy believes that may be just as important as the logistics behind distributing it. He tells Fox News that the government will have to make data readily available for review to build people's confidence in the vaccine. Now the onus is on us to be as transparent as possible in helping them understand what the science does say, having experts review the data, making that data readily available so that even people outside the government can review it. That's what we're going to have to do. And ultimately, the way we allocate this vaccine has to be determined uh, based on need, uh, and that and that alone. A recent Stat Murphy poll found that only 6 in 10 Americans said they would take a COVID-19 vaccine if it would lower their risk of getting infected by half. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on Balance of Nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I'd have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50, and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Over the weekend, President Trump tweeted his support for a new coronavirus aid package, something that's been debated in Congress for several months. And as cases rise in the U.S., the need for one is becoming larger. Senator Chuck Schumer says the reason there hasn't been a package passed is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The New York Democrat says McConnell has turned down every bill that's been brought up. The bottom line is very simple. We need a large, strong COVID bill to deal with our problems. We have heard for months... Every time we get close to a deal, Senator McConnell says no. He has become the doctor no of COVID. McConnell did bring a $500 billion targeted bill to the Senate floor before the election, but the passage was blocked by Senate Democrats. Syracuse's basketball team has suspended operations after their head coach tested positive for coronavirus. Jim Beheim announced on Twitter Sunday that he tested positive for the virus and is isolating at home. The school's athletic director says the team will be tested multiple times over the next week. This is USA Radio News. Very good. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you for being alongside uh, here on the uh, Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show, heard on the Loving Liberty Radio Network and and a number of other uh, places. Uh, We don't really have time to tell you about them all, but if you go to our website, you can learn that. Um, And uh, we appreciate you letting your friends and uh, 
well, I guess even your enemies know about um, uh, that uh, so that they can be updated. Now, Dr. Scott Bradley, you were in the process of uh, responding to this uh, eight-minute clip that we heard with uh, Dr. or with Lou Dobbs uh, interviewing uh, Sidney Powell, uh, one of the, um, I guess you could say, uh, most... Um, um, intrepid um, lawyers that I know of uh, going after this thing and uh, saying that she's going to release the Kraken. Uh, by the way, real quick, before you go on with your stuff, are you familiar with this term Kraken? Yeah, well, it was made. It was popularized by uh, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie uh, about this leviathan beast that would come out of the sea and pull ships into the depths, and it was all-powerful and all that kind of stuff. There's probably other things in popular media, but, but that's one that some of your listeners uh, may have experienced when they were watching that movie uh, that devours ships at sea. Anyway. That's what you're going <laughs> to need, I guess, when you go up against the swamp monsters. Uh, you're going to need some uh, kraken, I guess, doing its job there, but... <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, I wrote down several little parts of about the uh, interview there, and I don't know if you want to respond to each of them, um, but um, she did say that uh, based on her information that she's been able to see with the evidence that she's uh, got given to her, etc., uh, she says that President Trump won in a landslide. She says patriots are coming forward. Uh, she calls it a new American revolution. Uh, of course, she talks about the Dominion voting systems and how they uh, basically were set up so that uh, people like uh, Chavez and Venezuela and others could use them to basically uh, maintain control and power wherever they are. Um, she calls it an extraordinary and dangerous moment in our history. Um, what say you? Well, I do believe that if the allegations are true, they, then this is uh, potentially the tipping point for losing our republic. Uh, if, in fact, elections can be stolen with the ease that this, uh, you know, automation does, I, I, I've always stood for a vintage kind of um, voting system that goes back to individuals voting in person on paper in their own precincts with uh, individuals from all interested parties, observers of the counting, the uh, certification of such, the bringing forth of those to higher levels with the certification paperwork until ultimately and finally we have the, the uh, system that uh, is verified and, and can be re-verified through a new count. But uh, the electronic systems have, have violated that, the voter motor things, the vote by mail, the uh, voter harvesting processes, all of those things have polluted the voting system and are putting at risk our ability to choose our own trusted leaders and uh, go into the hands of secret combinations, which the American Founding Fathers actually coined the term that would pull the levers of government on their behalf. But it's interesting to me that, uh, I mean, I would say, bring your evidence forth. Let's examine this thing clearly and everything like that. But going back just momentarily, and, and I, boy, I, I miss the days of the Lincoln-Douglas uh, debates where they had an hour and a half each to uh, present their position, um, because there is breadth and depth to everything that happens. But I would admonish your listeners to read the second article of the Constitution, which talks about the Electoral College. I would admonish them to read the Twelfth Amendment, which talks about the 
the way the Electoral College is applied, I would admonish them to read the 20th Amendment, which was ratified back at the beginning of FDR's scurrilous uh, administration. But um, it, it was uh, the 20th Amendment is, and I've said most of the time that so many of the amendments that happened after the founding era are going to come back and bite us. And this is one of them that ultimately will. 25th Amendment also will come into play, I think, in the near term, but to, to ill effect. But people need to understand if if we are going to retain this republic, what the rules are. Now, they have modified them over time to an adverse outcome. But let me just read you what it says in, in Amendment 20, Section 3, about halfway down. If the president shall not have been chosen before the time for the beginning of his term, or if the president-elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president shall act as president until the president shall have qualified. And the Congress may, by law, provide for the case wherein neither the president-elect nor a vice president-elect shall have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president, Kate, in the manner to be elected, etc., etc. So Congress has done that. And unfortunately, in spite of what some so-called experts would say in uh, 3 U.S. Code at 19, it does discuss that and discusses the sequence of of um, who will success, succeed the presidents if, in fact, uh, something uh, untoward happens towards the president, death, resignation, removal from office, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it does go on um, to say that if that they have not uh, qualified, okay, uh, failure of both the president-elect and the vice president-elect to qualify, then... They'll act only until a president-elect or qualified president qualifies. So there's there's an interim step, but the fact of the matter is, it does pass it on to who is then the current speaker, and the speaker has to. It says uh, that that the uh, speaker has to uh, resign as speaker and as a member of the House, and then does take an office to do that. If the speaker can't qualify. It goes to the Senate President Pro Tem, which in this case is Chuck Grassley out of uh, Iowa. But um, but they only they only hold the office until the president-elect and or vice president uh, qualify. Now, we could read you these things, but, but the fact of the matter is time is so short, it's very difficult to really uh, uh, give an in-depth review of this thing. But yes, indeed, it does say the Speaker of the House resigns the office, and then takes the office. And they say if the, if the office of president is taken, it, that's taken as a de facto resignation from their speaker job. But the fact of the matter is it also, it also defines the other succeeding members, uh, being the Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of Defense. It goes down. The, basically, the cabinet members, uh, the, in, in the order that they were added to the president's cabinet, and and, and these things have been written, as the 20th Amendment said, that the Congress can, uh, by law, provide for the case wherein the president-elect nor the vice president-elect have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president or the manner in which one who is to act be selected. And such persons shall act accordingly until the president or vice president shall, be, shall be, have qualified. So they can pre 
Congress has been granted by the 20th Amendment the authority to set that process up. They have, and it's in writing, and we can go back and review it if we will. I believe that we are setting ourselves up for a, a, a huge fall uh, because of the shenanigans that have been going on, and, and uh, I'm, I, I, I want to see Sidney Powell's evidence. I would like to see if, in fact, there has been stuff go on. I would like to see a res restoration to the vintage, classic voting process that they have done worked so hard to subvert. Sound like you were saying something there. I, I didn't want to overtalk everybody no, that, because no, I'm you, enthusiastic you about finding the facts. Very good, uh, um, Dr. Bradley. I think you've uh, covered it very well, and uh, you know it would be nice to uh, have a restoration of the honest voting system. We all hoped uh, would be part of our uh, the American experiment. Um, and uh, it seems like uh, this lady, along with others that are uh, working with her, and she talks about uh, patriots coming forward and calling uh, for a second American revolution. It uh, makes me think of a little quote in one of my favorite booklets uh, called The Constitution Heavenly Banner, where uh, the former Secretary of Agriculture during the Eisenhower administration, Ezra Taft Benson, says, I have faith that the Constitution will be saved, but it will not be saved in Washington. It will be saved by the citizens of this nation who love and cherish freedom. Um, and um, so he's he's suggesting that, uh, you know, that's how it would be saved. I um, hope that that's what time we find ourselves in. Do you have a comment about that? indeed uh, uh, make comments, powerful, moving, eloquent comments in favor of returning to the original intent. He outlined in another um, talk, that Constitution Heavenly Banner, an absolutely magnificent talk, but there's another one given during the bicentennial of the signing of the Constitution. It was in October of 1987, in which he's outlined four processes by which we must restore the foundation, and it's going to take effort on our part. Hard things need to be found. We need to step it up. The first one is is our own virtue, our righteousness. Hi, our I'm Patty, wife God. of former Maybe Congressman Steve Stockman. <laughs> In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com. How do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, uh, Dad, why don't we uh, go fishing? It's very simple, but it, it really counts. They make a song up, and they come into our bedroom and say, we made a song, and will you listen to Our next year oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing My up. My son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug and 
run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that I'm the registrar at, and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung, and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about and you. And I think of my boy that uh, we finally got him through graduation. And he came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family. Isn't it about time? That's all he said. And that meant everything to me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you again for being alongside. And uh, we're in this uh, conversation with Dr. Scott Bradley. And uh, uh, we've got a little uh, five-minute uh, segment here, or piece. We've got about 10, uh, 12 minutes left in this hour. Uh, but we've got this five-minute segment that has to do with uh, Sidney Powell being interviewed with... Uh, a man named Eric Bowling on the accuracy of the Dominion voting machines. Uh, Sam's got it ready to play, and then uh, hopefully you you will like to uh, comment, Dr. Bradley. Thank you, Sam. Joining me now is best-selling author of the book License to Lie, former federal prosecutor and General Michael Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, Counsel, tell us a little bit about the challenges that the Trump administration is facing, and what are your thoughts on whether or not they will be able to flip any states? They're facing an election that was absolutely rigged. It is, we are soaking in information through fire hoses of, of complicated mathematical alterations to the votes. We have identified the system capability that does it. It does in fact exist regardless of what the name of it is. It works through the Dominion companies uh, voting machines that were in 30 states and does indeed alter and flip voting results. So, so can, you tell me, can you tell me right there, I, I understand that. So there are these Dominion machines that were voting machines, and as you point out, they're in multiple, multiple uh, counties across the country that may have changed. How do you know this? How, where's the, do you have, I, 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 listen, I'm not pushing back on you because I know everyone's going crazy right now, but is there proof of that? Yes, well, the Dominion machines are in 30 states. We're identifying the companies that created the software. They have done this in other countries around the world. It's incredibly disturbing, and we will hopefully have evidence of it before the end of the week that we can produce publicly. And uh, the Justice Department and the FBI and the intelligence agencies, I think, have known about this before. So why nothing's been done about it yet is beyond my comprehension, but it's fixing to go public because I'm not going to stand by and watch the American public be defrauded of their chosen leader in a free country, a country that's supposed to be free, not run by Venezuela or China. Sydney, very important information news you're breaking here. Is it a, a software glitch or something no, more nefarious? It's a, it's a feature of the system that was designed with a back door so that people could watch in real time and calculate with an algorithm how many votes they needed to change to make the result they wanted to create. How did you find out about this? People have come to me with information. I think when people realize there's somebody they can trust that will actually do something about it, they speak up. We have a lot of patriots in this country. They are absolutely fed up to the gills 
with corruption at every level of government. They have no trust in our public institutions now, and we will not let this election be stolen or any cheating to survive. So, so let me get this straight, and it's a real important point here. Dominion voting machines were in numerous states, numerous counties. There's some sort of software backdoor, that, not unlike most phones will have a backdoor, but this, is, this will actually calculate and tell the person accessing the backdoor what type of voting percentages and what type of numbers are needed to change the win for a certain party, for a certain candidate. Exactly. They can watch the voting real time. They run a computer algorithm on it as needed to either flip votes, take votes out, or alter the votes to make a candidate win. So that's different. Now, now, now you're, this is even different. I, and I just really want to be very, very careful here and be very meticulous about this. One, it's one thing to be able to watch it and decide how much more input you need to change to change the number. But now you're saying there's an actual way to change the, the, the total, the vote tallies within the system? That's exactly right. That's a very, very big claim there. I mean, that, that would be voter fraud uh, defined right, right, right there. Where, what's the next step? It's, it's massive criminal voter fraud writ large across at least 29 states. It could have been happening. Anytime a voting machine was connected to the Internet, and we have evidence that many were, it was obviously happening. Uh, it's obvious from the algorithm and the statistics that our experts are tracking out for batches of votes and when the curves changed. And it's, it's going to blow the mind of everyone in this country when we get it all together and, and can explain it with the affidavits and the experts that have come forward. All right, Sydney, we're going to leave it there, and uh, we're going to look into it, and we're going to watch for further information coming out from your camp, I guess Rudy Giuliani's camp as well, Trump camp. So, Sydney Powell, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now, by the way, uh, before we go to you, Dr. Scott Bradley, I will say this, that Sam has been telling us that this was possible for years uh, as we looked into the vote fraud and voting uh, uh, what do they call them? Anomalies, uh, you know, kind of thing uh, over the years that if if you connected the Internet and it's a, a computer, then it can be hacked. Um, what say you? Well, in fact, that's as, as we got these voting machines and the software associated with them some years ago, I've been tracking this and, and uh, there has been case after case after case where basically underqualified individuals, almost like a high school student, that could hack into these things and alter the way the system was being worked. I suspect that if, in fact, this, this Dominion software voting machine process is in place, as has been mentioned by Sidney Powell, it's a much more sophisticated thing than we originally saw when hacking was easily done and hold and, on let, uh, me, let me articulate this it's even 10 times more sophisticated than even that it's backed by the government and by big tech who built the internet the pentagon big tech and uh collegiate reality they all built this whole apparatus okay it's even bigger than this third party that they're fixing to give the blame to folks well, it would seem so, and, and if the deep state is as deep as and wide as, as uh, it appears to have been uh, created, 
then then we are truly in, in deep trouble. But but I really believe that there, there is a way back, and, and I don't think that we need to give up hope. I mean, our prayers and everything. I don't care what party you're a part of. I'm not a I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I so mean, let's I, talk I about the way back, though. It's not improving vote fraud. They've already proven that 66 ways from Sunday, and nobody cares. Well, that is a tragic situation, and that I guess we get the kind of uh, voting and the kind of uh, government that we deserve if that's the case. But some of us do care, and some of us need to help others care more, and that's been my life's work. And and it is a frustrating point. The uh, uh, critical mass of caring individuals are much more worried about whether there's going to be an NBA season this year, perhaps because of the this uh, pandemic that has been foisted upon us. And the fact of the matter is that that most Americans, uh, one of my good friends always says if the uh, channel changer on the TV works and there's beer in the fridge and the toilet flushes, everybody's good. And uh, that is that is the formula for the destruction of a nation, if we have so little caring. But I really believe there's a way back. We've been fostering it. Uh, we could go back to the formula that Ezra Taft Benson brought forth 33 years ago. Uh, I mean, I think that applying that vigorously and passionately, but it is take it is going to take some devoted effort. We you cannot worry about the NBA season exclusively on this situation. As fun as you may have with that, it is a diversion that is it's like bread and circuses from the old Roman Republic that failed, and uh, and our Republic is not immune to it. There's nothing in our DNA that says we are we are destined. We are. Uh, just divinely endowed with the privilege of being free and having independent government and everything. Without skin in the game, Americans will not remain free and we'll have a really bumpy road to go over. I suspect that uh, as as bad as it'll get in the next few months, uh, based on how this thing goes, uh, I, I think that most of us are, you know, there, there's a philosophy called the rapture that they believe that they'll be taken to heaven when things get bumpy. I suspect most of us are going to have to live through that bumpy road and not be taken out because of our our good and noble righteousness. I think we are really, we're going to have to live the life that we create. And and I think that we, we, you know, there's no more oceans to cross like the pilgrims did. There's no more plains to come across so we could worship God, we could have our families so we could live in freedom. There's a line in the sand, if you will. I think it's bigger than sand. We must take a stand and we must work towards this. And the apathy, if it continues, uh, I can predict the outcome. It's it's just going to happen. And Who do you think I will be inaugurated, think, Scott? To tell you the truth, uh, I think that the outcome is uh, what I think doesn't matter. But I think that the outcome uh, in, in favor of Trump is going to be a real uphill slog because the media is completely, and, and uh, honestly, I think that the the die is cast based upon the way the media is doing. As you say, he who uh, runs the media basically is in charge. But uh, but I, I think that if if we don't fight the fight now, there's no fight to fight later. I mean, if you're, you know, if you I agree, what happens? What happens if Trump completely exposes the fraud and that the media is part of it and everybody gets taken down? You will throw literally thousands of people in jail. Well, what will happen on the streets of America if that happens? So are, we, are we going to end up in a civil war? It'll be a bloodbath. I mean, I, I, I'm absolutely convinced that the way that this has been spun, the media has completely. They've they've already called the election. They called it an election night way before it should have been called. And, and again, they are not the one that gets to. There's a process we go through. 
there's a safe harbor time that the votes come in through the Electoral College. There's a, a casting of the votes. There's a reading of the votes and all this kind of stuff. None of that has happened yet, okay? But the fact of the matter is, um, because of the way it has been cast by the, the media, if it is flipped because of fraud, I would predict that those that uh, are currently euphoric over a Biden win will uh, just as voraciously claim that it was stolen from them by a uh, corrupt system. And I don't, they've demonstrated, demonstrated, that's a poor choice of words, I guess, but it's the truth. Uh, this last summer, uh, on a mild form, I think it'll go way beyond a low-grade guerrilla warfare. I think that there will be uh, a horrific price to be paid. But you know what? We've been it, this has been setting up for years. We've watched it happen with the with the votes being stolen and the corruption that's happened. I mean, we go back to the 1940s and the 30s, and look what happened with LBJ and his corruption and stealing of elections and the Kennedy election shenanigans in in the, the Nixon Kennedy. We can go on and on and on about that. But we are here. We are now. This is our time. And it's time for Americans to start paying attention. In fact, it's way past time. And I really fear that most Americans will rarely, if ever, take the time to take a deep breath and, and uh, look at this through clear eyes. There's so much partisanship. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Bradley. A small group of people uh, made the original American Revolution, and we hope that a small group of people will uh, bring about a second American Revolution for the restoration of all our freedoms and liberties. And, and uh, as I always say, we're going after Moby Dick in, a, Dick in a rowboat, and we're taking the tartar sauce with us. We believe that the uh, good people of America, like Sidney Powell and others and the president, um, are working on it, and we hope you do as well. Thank you, Sam, and thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for being with us here on Liberty Roundtable on the Living Liberty Radio Network.